Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory. I'm so glad that you're here today because God's Word is going to bless you today. The message that I'm teaching today, I felt greatly stirred by the Holy Spirit to talk about the subject of the anointing because the Lord has highlighted my heart to get you ready for miracles. That's why I'm teaching this message to get you ready to experience amazing breakthrough miracles. Praise God. So today we're going to begin in the book of Zechariah chapter four. Let's go directly to verse six. And before we begin today's message, let me say thank you to those of you that uh, have sent in uh, uh, birthday cards. Uh, let's see, different kinds of cards here and so forth. I'm so thankful and uh, uh, little treats and uh, the ability to go out and get an extra coffee. Hallelujah, I'll be thanking of you. Amen. So thank you for everybody, uh, to everyone that honored me on number 55. Praise God. So I'm 55 and alive. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you. Some of you sent. Um, uh, emails and you had like uh, little gift cards attached that were downloadable. Uh, I've received those and uh, I appreciate it. All the sweet things that you said. Thank you so much for thinking of me on my 55th birthday, which was yesterday, March 22nd. Praise God. Now, let's pray as we jump into the subject of the anointing, uh, which has no substitute. Okay, there's no substitute for the anointing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we're jumping into your word, we ask that you would anoint your word to the eyes of our understanding, that it's illuminated, that this is not a history lesson. Uh, this is not like some kind of uh, a teaching that we can't uh, walk out practically. But Father, let this be something that we can really take the heart and step into the great miracles that you're wanting to do. And we know that it's the anointing of your spirit. So, Father, let there be a release of a fresh anointing, a new anointing, an entrance into a new anointing that rides on this message and goes into the hearts of every listener, everybody that's taking this to heart. Now, we give you praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And around the world, we say, Amen. Now, verse 6. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And why don't you take the name Zerubbabel, just move it to the side just for a moment and put your name in there. This is the word of the Lord to Joe or to Frank or to uh, Susan or to Mark or David or to uh, uh, Jane or whoever it might be. This is the word of the Lord to you, not by might, nor by power. Now, there is a place where we do our best. We apply our might. We, we, we use uh, our physical might, if necessary, to uh, you know clean the house or whatever it is we're trying to accomplish, or even bigger things. You need your body to carry your brain around. And even with intellectual might and every form of power that we might be able to come up with, the, uh, and we do need to apply ourselves, yet still God has designed things so that we need his help, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You are not created to struggle in life, just endeavoring to survive. You are created to triumph through the empowerment of the spirit. You were, you were created to triumph in every single situation. And you have to understand that God has already designed a place for you. You can even call it a throne, a place of enthronement for you where you are seated in that triumphant position. We see that in Ephesians chapter two, verse six. We're not going to look at that today, but God has a place of victory for you while you're here in the earth. And of course, in the world to come, there is no defeat, no sickness, no disease, etc. The divine provision for triumphant living is what? It's the anointing. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And Lord willing, and I think that he is, we're going to uh, even go further with this subject uh, in some of our sessions to come. Praise God. Any man or woman who is anointed causes an unspoken attraction. 
Let me say that again. Any man or, or woman who is anointed by God, you're going to cause an attraction. Uh, an, an, I would even call it an unspoken attraction. One time, my wife and I, we were returning from uh, doing some meetings. I think we actually were coming back. Maybe it was Montana. I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but we had a flight connection in Dallas. And so we caught that that connection. Well, we went to, uh, we flew to Dallas and we got there and uh, something was going on where the the flight was, uh, uh, it was, it was canceled. It was, uh, it wasn't our fault. It was, uh, uh, it wasn't weather. It was something else, maybe mechanical or something like that. So you've got to go over to an, uh, a line, get in the line and get rebooked on another flight. Well, we were in no rush. The meeting's over. We're actually coming back home and uh, we're standing there in, uh, in the line. We eventually get up to the counter, and uh, we're talking to the lady uh, at American Airlines who was helping us to get rebooked. And, you know, as Kelly and I are standing there in the line, and also now that we're talking to her, you know, we're not shouting, Hallelujah! Praise God! Uh, I, I'm not wearing a clerical collar or something like that. We're just standing there saying, Well, we need to get another flight to Charlotte. And she just stopped and looked at us and said, she said, are you two pastors? And we said, yes, we are. We, we're pastors. We're ministers. We just are coming back from having ministered in a meeting. She said, I, she said, I can see that on you. She said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you up in a very nice hotel tonight uh, here in DFW. And uh, tomorrow, uh, you can fly out in the morning. It won't be an early flight. You can sleep in. Dinner's covered tonight. And breakfast is covered also in the morning. We're going to, I'm going to take care of all this for you. And tomorrow, you're flying back first class. And uh, none of that was asked for. None of that was like, hey, let me show you my preacher card. Here's my card. I'm a preacher. Can you give me a, a little discount? <laughs> none of that. There's something about the anointing that causes an unspoken attraction. And even if people can't understand it, uh, the, they, they see something, they may not be able to identify it or even address it for what it is, but it, it's an attraction and it grabs them and it causes unusual good things to happen in your life. By the way, we had such a wonderful time at that luxury hotel. Uh, we didn't have to pay for it. It was all covered by the airline and uh, the dinner at the restaurant was fantastic. It was almost like a little honeymoon escape, praise God. And uh, the next day, flew back first class. What a blessing, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? It is interesting because last year, I, uh, I was just doing some things at the house, and I said, Kelly, I said, let's go get a, get a latte. I think it's time for uh, uh, to get a drink, get a coffee. She said, okay. So we jumped in our vehicle, and uh, my vehicle, and we drove to the local Starbucks drive-thru. And I'm pulling up to the drive-thru in my vehicle. Uh, I'm, I don't have a Bible in my hand, okay? I'm not, I'm not pulling up with this uh, hanging out, the, you know, hanging my Bible out the window and saying to repent. Thus says the Lord, repent. By the way, my, you'd, you'd be shocked at how many people at Starbucks my wife and I minister to. I'm talking about the workers. <laughs> oh, Pastor Stephen, Starbucks, they have a very liberal agenda. Yeah, most corporations are what you would call woke or liberal, or uh, a biblical term would be godless. And uh, it doesn't mean they're atheist. It just means they have uh, no moral compass or no... Uh, no compass for ethics. Now, they would say stealing is wrong or something like that, but as far as other areas, uh, they don't know where true north is at. You'd be uh, amazed at how many of uh, these young people that my wife and I have been able to minister to, share the love of God with, and um, sometimes I'm, I think maybe we're missionaries to coffee houses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked into a Starbucks one time just to get a drink, and uh, uh, while I was in Atlanta in a in a in an area that I wasn't even familiar with, and was getting a drink and struck up a conversation with the guy in the line behind me, and I didn't know it that he was a pastor, and by the time I'd gotten my drink, I'd already been booked for a meeting 
at a really good church, and uh, it was the craziest thing in the world. I've had some very unusual things. So you could uh, you could be in any kind of place. Uh, of course, now there are some places I would never go into. I'm not going into so uh, some kind of a den of iniquity. You know what I'm saying? But in just the normal course of living, yeah, anywhere anywhere we go, we're kind of like. Uh, you know, mission-minded, kingdom-minded, praise God, taking the kingdom with us because it is within us. But this day, we pulled up in the drive-through, and I'm pulling up. I'm wearing blue jeans. I'm not wearing, you know, like a suit and tie. I've got a real casual shirt on, and uh, I don't have bumper stickers all over my vehicle or anything like that. I'm not honking if you love Jesus, you know. I'm just pulling up because all I want is a latte. This was last year. And so I pull up, roll my window down. Uh, you know, I've already, so I, I place my order, right? Then you drive around to pick, you know, pay for it, pick it up. And I pull up to the window and um, there's a young guy working there, maybe like maybe 24, 25 years old. I pull up and um, I kind of smile at him. Uh, he, he smiles and he looks at me and he stops. He said, um, he said, hey, he said, can, can I just ask you a question? I said, yeah. He said, I don't know who you are, but he said, if I were just to guess, he said, you look to me like you would be the kind of person who is a Christian preacher who has a worldwide television ministry. <laughs> and when he said that, Kelly and I started laughing and Kelly leaned forward and she said, he does. <laughs> I goes, oh, okay. And Kelly says, are you a Christian? He goes, No. She said, well, would you like to become one? He goes, oh, no, at least not now. He said, not now. It's complicated. It's complicated things he's going through. Life is real complicated when you don't know the Lord. <laughs> but, you know, you still sow seed. And uh, uh, eventually the seeds sown into the good soil are going to produce uh, the harvest of what we believe eventually comes is salvation. Praise God. Hallelujah. But can you believe an unbeliever? you know, getting my latte, looks at me and, and sees what? Sees something. They don't know what it is. It's not the clothes. It doesn't matter if you're wearing shorts or beach sandals or an old t-shirt. It's, you, you understand it's something that's on you. Notice when I pulled up to the Starbucks, he didn't say, hmm, you know what? I think you, you know who I think you might be? I think you might be the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Yep. There's something about your side profile. Reminds me of Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Well, that's not on me. That's not on me, <laughs> obviously, right? Okay. But the anointing comes up on you and it creates an unspoken attraction that oftentimes becomes a spoken attraction. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. It's supernatural. It is supernatural. Praise the Lord. So, there's no substitute for the anointing. The absence of the anointing signals the presence of frustrations and, unfortunately, breakdowns. Breakdowns in your health or your finances or your business or your family. You can't afford to live one day without the anointing. Now, the good news is that the coming of the anointing upon your life will permanently break all breakdowns. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I was thinking on that earlier when I wrote that out, that the coming of the anointing upon your life will break all breakdowns. Hallelujah. No more breakdowns. Pastor Stephen, I've had another, another uh, breakdown, another setback. No, the anointing breaks those things and causes you to move forward from glory to glory. Praise God in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, let me talk just for a moment about why you need to be anointed. And there's, there's many reasons. Let me just give you a couple. And then I want to go into a little bit of the um, inner workings of the anointing. Let's look for a moment at Psalm 105, because you'll see that the, the anointing guarantees your protection, even your physical, physical protection from harm upon your life. Psalm 105, and let's go to verse 13. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom 
to another people, he permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. So there, there is something about the anointing that if somebody tries to touch it, it is very, very dangerous to them. Hallelujah. That's why you need to be anointed because there's protection in that. God's rebuking kings. He's rebuking a Pharaoh. He's rebuking Abimelech, a national leader. And uh, he's shutting these guys down. Why? They're reaching their hands towards what God has anointed, and they're not allowed to do that. God jumps right in the middle, and he stops it. Praise God. So when you're anointed, it guarantees your protection. Now, we are living in the last days, and it's, it's very keen. It's a very keen insight for us to understand the anointing, because the anointing will teach you all things concerning living in victory, and overcoming in the last days. This is clearly laid out in the epistle of 1 John chapter 2, and let's drop down to verse 27. And it says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. I'm going to back up just for a little bit, and I want to explain that uh, this doesn't mean that you don't need teachers or that you don't uh, need ministers, because Jesus knew what he was doing. He gave the five ministry offices of apostle, prophet, uh, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And there are some that would think, well, we don't need the teacher. We don't need the apostle. We don't need anybody because the, the, the anointing will just teach us everything. Well, that would mean that God made a mistake and he's given gifts that are not even needed. But no, those gifts are, uh, are vitally needed uh, within the church. So let's look a little deeper by moving back to verse 18. And you'll understand that this anointing teaches you all things concerning walking in triumph in the last days. Little children, it is the last hour. I'm in verse 18. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. So this anointing is to uh, be able to discern the anti-anointing. That's what the Antichrist is. He's, he's the opposite of Christ, but, but he's anointed. Oh, he's slick. And let me tell you right now, the devil is very slick, and his, his servants can be very, very slick and polished. But the anointing teaches you the difference between the true anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit and the anti-anointing or the false anointing that is in the earth that has a satanic origin and also has the evil uh, grafted into it. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. There's a lot, a lot of real smooth, uh, slick talkers, silver-tongued talkers in politics that can talk very smooth and give a great presentation and then turn around and pass legislation to murder little innocent babies in the wombs of mothers. You're talking about people that um, uh, it's almost like they have no conscience and they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. They can lie with a great, with a great smoothness and no, uh, no batting of the eyelashes, no nervousness, complete calmness. What is that? It's an anointing. It's an anointing, and it's, but it's an evil anointing. And that's why the anointing of the Holy Spirit teaches us concerning all things regarding this. Woo, praise God. You know, uh, one pastor, uh, he was... He had something take place in the church that was uh, 
it, it hurt a lot of people uh, because of, of, of a certain thing that took place. But he said, he said many people in his church got swept along with it, including him. But he said there was one lady in the church who was a, who was a, a new Christian. She was in her 30s and uh, brand new, born again, on fire for Jesus, and very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And she did get swept along with this uh, false thing that tried to work its way into the church, and then it messed with some people. And he said, when it was all said and done, he said, I noticed that she never got caught up in it. And I asked her why. She said, oh, I could just tell something about that was wrong. Something on the inside of me uh, was saying, no, don't go with that. You know, I was in a meeting one time, and uh, Kelly was there with me, and uh, a real good pastor uh, was hosting uh, a session with just preachers. These were these were all ministers, and he had a pretty good church, uh, you know, two thousand members, a very healthy church, and he was a good man. Now, when I say he was a good good man, a good preacher, uh, he's good and he's a great guy. But is he a really a man of prayer? No, he doesn't really pray that much. He he knows the word. He studies to get a message. But um, uh, some of these guys, bless their hearts, uh, uh, you're going to find them a lot of the time out on the golf course. So it's, it doesn't mean they're not called, and it doesn't mean that they're not anointed. But when it comes to true spirituality, a lot of this stuff is going to zip past them because they're not really walking close with the Lord to discern the difference. Let me tell you what happened. He said, I want, uh, he said, I wanted to pull all of you guys together. And there were some ladies there too. And he said, I wanted to pull all of you together because I have a businessman who has a proposition that he would like to make. And I thought that this could benefit uh, not only me, but many of uh, uh, the rest of us as well, because this could generate, you know, kingdom income. So I wanted to give him an opportunity to speak to you. So the only people in the room, maybe about maybe about 80 of us, 80 full-time ministers were sitting there. And so this guy starts talking. And so the pastor stops and he lets this guy now uh, give his spiel. So this, uh, quote, businessman, unquote, he begins to lay out the plan. And as I'm sitting there, Kelly and I both just looked at each other and said, mm, this, this is not something about this is off. Okay, so yes, he's promising big returns if you invest into this thing, and potentially maybe those returns could be realized, but uh, this, even if it is true, something is not right here. Something, uh, the anointing is teaching me that uh, something is off. So um, the the guy gives his presentation and wraps it up and says, now, uh, those of you that would like to invest in it, you're going to get your money back and a lot more, and uh, pastors, full-time pastors, spirit-filled Pentecostal pastors walking up, pulling out checkbooks, pulling out wallets, put, pulling out cash. And, you know, the, the guy and his assistant, they're recording it all. This is coming in. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, whatever happened to that man, that businessman? Oh, he's in prison right now, bless his heart. And all of those ministers uh, lost all of their money. And Kelly and I just watched as these, you know, full-time ministers walking up and giving this guy money and they're recording it because he's saying you're going to get it all back and a whole lot more. And um, no, no, he got busted, went to, went to prison. I think he's still in prison right now. Wow. Mm-mm. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you. See, that's the Holy Spirit teaching. Mm-mm-mm. That's also a form of protection, isn't it? Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. So the anointing teaches you all things concerning living, particularly in context of what we're talking about here in the last days where the deception is thick. And you do have to understand with wars, uh, part of wars is not just dropping bombs and, you know, shooting machine guns and uh, having fighter planes, you know, uh, you know, uh, drop all their ammunition on people. No, a big part of war is uh, creating a narrative of media. And it used to be back in World War II, you know, you have newspapers and all of that and uh, uh, radio. But uh, today it's even more advanced. And so it is incredible. Sometimes uh, you think, oh, this is the truth. And uh, then somebody goes there and says, uh, okay, say they say something was blown up. 
and people were killed. Uh, and then, you know, you, all the uproar. And then actually somebody goes there with the camera in real time and says, I'm standing here. Uh, I want you to see this before this gets blocked and taken off the Internet. And as you can see, nothing's been blown up. And this uh, this building and this uh, thing is still here. And uh, so there's a bunch of lying going on. So sometimes the truth <laughs> can be very hard to discern in what is known as the fog of war. Because each each side wants to win the narrative. It's a battle. So this is why we need the anointing. And this is why uh, we must lean upon the Holy Spirit. Now, also, you need to understand the anointing so you can stay continually refreshed with new ideas and insights. We see this in the book of Job, uh, chapter 29. Job 29. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. And it says, this is Job talking, when my steps were bathed with cream and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. So in the Old Testament, particularly when the Jews were in the wilderness and the Sinai desert and they're walking around in the big circle and uh, and that was a pretty big circle. A lot of uh, scholars even think they walked through big segments of uh, the Saudi Arabia desert and so forth. And I think that's probably true because in some of these remote desert areas of modern day Saudi Arabia, they have found uh, petroglyphs on the rocks. And I've I've seen uh, original footage of of one of the petroglyphs of a menorah in in a Saudi. Arabian desert. And so uh, now who, who carved that on there? Well, they probably carved that and other, other Jewish emblems when they were passing through on their journey. But, but we also are told that there was a rock that followed them. And Paul, you know, looking back uh, from the New Testament perspective said that rock was Christ. And here we see that the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. So uh, the anointing uh, on the word, the rock, it's able to pour out when you when you pull on it rivers of oil, revelations, fresh ideas, so that you never become outdated, so that you never are somebody who's left behind, and everybody else is you know you know like uh, already on the uh, the next level of, of tech or generational uh, understanding. No, you're up to speed because the rock's pouring out rivers of oil for you, and so often in the Old Testament, oil would be a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So, my friends, um, you're going to have a new encounter, I believe, with the anointing, and your life is going to be changed. Woo, praise the Lord. I want you to get ready for it as I'm going to be teaching more and talking more on the subject of the anointing. You're going to be touched with a fresh anointing, and you're going to break through into new realms and the new places that God has destined for you to go to. And the enemy doesn't want you to get there, but he's under your feet. He is defeated. Christ handled him through his death, burial, and resurrection and a mighty ascension. And so uh, the authority has been given back to the believer. Hallelujah. And as you walk in that anointing, mm-mm. As you walk into the anointing, you're going to be experiencing some major, major miracles and breakthroughs. I really want to get this over to you today. Praise the Lord. Now, let's talk just for a little bit about what exactly is the anointing. So let's go to um, a classic example of a definition of the anointing found in Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61 and uh, let's drop down the uh, let's begin in verse 1. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable gear of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Praise the Lord. So when the anointing comes, now understand the anointing is going to come to you as you draw upon the oil out of that rock. Mm-mm. And I like what it says in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, it says, you shall you shall extract the the oil out of the flinty rock. 
Well, in, in some ways, technically, that's what modern-day fracking is. It's oil companies trying to figure out uh, uh, the, this rock has, you know, uh, it's uh, perforated. It's got all these little tiny holes all through it. So it's got oil in it. So, But how do you get the oil out of the rock? Well, they figured out a way. It's called fracking. So you run these lines horizontally. You set off a few explosives, and it shakes and cracks all of that. And then all the oil starts flowing into these these pipes, and then they start taking it out. Whoo, pretty smart. Praise the Lord. But my friends, uh, you're getting into the rock. You're getting into the Word, and you're extracting that golden oil of the anointing, and it is the empowerment that you need. When the anointing comes, it binds the brokenhearted. It sets the captives free. It opens prison doors to the prisoners, and the anointing comforts those who mourn, it replaces sorrow with joy, and that's good because there's a lot of people today struggling with depression. The anointing replaces ashes with beauty, and the anointing removes the spirit of heaviness, and in its place, it clothes the person, the individual, with a garment of praise. What a complete 180 difference. So, what actually is the anointing? The anointing is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for supernatural accomplishments, such as the ones that are listed here and also the ones to which God has called you to carry out. So again, the anointing is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for supernatural accomplishments. Woo! Praise God. The anointing is God's device for equipping men and women to do exploits. Woo! The anointing it's God's device for equipping you to go out and do exploits, mighty works that glorify God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go to another classic text that gives us great insight into the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this is found in the same book, Isaiah. And let's go to chapter 10 and take a look at verse 27. And it shall come to pass... In that day, that his burden, whose burden? Uh, the burden of the Assyrians. And Israel's got a real problem here. I mean, they're in, they're in a mess. Maybe you're watching today and you love God, but you're in an absolute mess. Well, uh, you know, that's why we read the Old Testament, because these are examples for us, and there's always a way out. Your way out is the same as their way out. It's through the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit, but they were in debt up to their eyeballs. Ahaz, King Ahaz, king over Judah, pretty much sold the nation of sold the whole nation into slavery to the king of Assyria because he said, "Look, I'm about to get wiped out. I've got two foreign kings coming against me. Syria is really putting the heat on." And so he makes this deal with the king of Assyria and just indebts the nation completely. And uh, uh, he goes off the scene. He wasn't a good king, not not good at all. But his son, Hezekiah, eventually comes on the scene, and he now is thrown into the middle of all of this mess, which now includes massive taxation, uh, tremendous tax uh, revenue that uh, Assyria is pulling out of uh, the Jewish people, and also it's just going to eventually completely break down and uh, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're going to come and they're going to attack. So it shall come to pass in that day that his burden or the burden of the Assyrian oppression, that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. Notice that when the anointing begins the work, the first thing it does, it gives you breathing room. In other words, uh, the, the burden on your shoulder is a weight and it presses you down and you're in despair, and you think, dear Lord, how can I ever get, get out of this? The enemy is very, very strong. These are, these, these are real debts, or th these are real doctor reports. This is, real, this is a real mess I'm dealing with, and so it pushes you down. But when the anointing begins to operate in the life of a man or a woman, the first thing that happens is the burden comes off of your shoulders. Now you can stand up. Now you're still enslaved because you have the yoke. But at least, at least the burden's gone, and you can stand up, and you can start to think better, and God begins to let you know there's hope. Look what's happening already. The hand of God is moving. So it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from your shoulder. 
and his yoke from your neck. So uh, that yoke is a yoke of complete control. And uh, back in those days when animals plowed, you take two oxen and you hitch them up together with a yoke and you, 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 you're lock, you lock them in, okay? They're both uh, next to each other and they've got that yoke on. They can't, they can't do what they want to do. They are now under uh, the dominion of the, the, the driver, okay? His yoke uh, is going to be t- taken away from your neck, and the yoke will be. This is really good. the The yoke will not be replaced. Uh, the yoke will not be set to the side and put back on later. The yoke will be destroyed. And in the Hebrew, the word destroyed doesn't mean like uh, you know, like just broken and sitting over to the side. And maybe it's going to get repaired later. No, in the Hebrew, it means literally ground to dust and then blown away by the wind. When God sets you free, he knows how to do it completely and wholly. And the yoke will be destroyed because of what? Because of hope and praying and a wishing? Hmm. Now look, some of you have been begging God and you're, you're, you're praying, but you're not even praying in faith. You're, you're praying with these tears of like, oh God, oh, this is bad. Uh, yes, it is, and he, he's aware of that. But uh, those kind of tearful prayers and moaning and groaning type praying, uh, it doesn't work. My friends, get back to the Word and get into God's system of deliverance, which is the anointing. His burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of what? The anointing oil. Yes, there is a place for prayer. Yes, uh, there is a place for uh, certain things that we should do, but really, this is a job for what? This is a job for the anointing. Wow, Hallelujah! Now it says here in in the in the New King James, it says the anointing oil, and I want to show you um, a few different translations because this verse. Uh, uh, is translated differently when it comes to because of the anointing oil. And there's a reason for that. Uh, NIV says it's going to be broken because you have grown so fat. In other words, your neck has gotten so big, the yoke just snapped. It couldn't hold you anymore. Um, uh, the English Standard Version says it will be broken because of the fat. Uh, Berean Study Bible, it will be broken because your neck will be too large. I like that. King James and New King James will be broken, be, uh, will be destroyed because of the anointing. New King James says because of the anointing oil. Again, the King James uh, is probably uh, the most dialed in. Hallelujah. Uh, Amplified Bible, the yoke will be destroyed because of the fat. Christian Standard Bible, the yoke will be broken because your neck will be too large. Um, Holman uh, Standard, uh, the, the yoke will be broken because of fatness. Arabic Bible, the yoke will be destroyed before, uh, from before the heifers. And heifers, of course, are cows. And I would know that because my dad used to raise heifer cows when we were on the farm, young and growing up. Praise the Lord. Uh, contemporary English version, uh, the yoke and, and the burden is all going to be lifted. That's, uh, of course, a uh, very much uh, paraphrase that doesn't help us very much uh, with that. But um, the uh, JPS Tanakh 1917 edition and the yoke shall be destroyed by reason of fatness. The literal standard version, the yoke has been destroyed because of prosperity. And there are actually several translations that say it will be destroyed because of prosperity. But really, uh, when you get down to it, uh, the King James Version probably nails it the best. The yoke will be destroyed because of uh, the anointing, the anointing. Now, let's see if we can dig into this a little bit. Uh, When you see it in the Hebrew, it talks about it's going to be broken because of the oil, but that oil is in reference, most theologians agree, to the anointing that would be upon uh, only really have three categories of individuals that could be anointed in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. And it would appear that this is the anointing referring to the king, uh, the kingly anointing that Hezekiah was walking in. And remember, there's also a prophetic anointing because he's got who in his corner? He's got Isaiah. (laughs) He's got this heavyweight prophet in his corner backing up Hezekiah and giving these prophecies. And uh, they're going to get their deliverance. And the, the anointing does break the Assyrian army, which seemed, which seemed absolutely unbreakable. But 
It was prophesied. God said it. And of course, it happened. But my friends, um, that anointing is in reference to the kingly anointing. And as many theologians see, this is, a, this is in reference to the anointing of King Messiah. So is the anointing of Jesus, and that anointing comes by the Holy Spirit. So it's the anointing. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. So what is, what is the anointing here in verse uh, 27? The anointing is the supernatural, burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of the Holy Spirit. Again, oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. Because you can, you can pour oil on anybody. You can go out, go out to the grocery store and buy a bunch of olive oil or vegetable oil and just pour it on people. That doesn't mean there's going to be deliverance or freedom. It has to be anointed. That, that oil it has to be anointed of the Spirit. And that oil is also a representation of the Holy Spirit. And when that touch of the Spirit comes, watch out. Watch out. Freedom comes. Hallelujah. Um, just before I, uh, I sat down to teach you this message today, I saw you in the spirit. I saw the audience and I saw so many of you. I saw your necks getting huge, getting fat. That, that means, that means large and muscular and strong and just, just so big. And the oxen, these, these animals that pull these loads, God is, he is all wise. And when he created these animals, he knew that they would be beast of burden. And so because those heavy wooden yokes sit on their neck and there's a lot of friction and there's a lot of rubbing, God designed these animals with glands and these glands, uh, in these animals, when they get hot, and when they're working and their muscles are straining and when they are under load, these glands begin to secrete a oil. And that does a couple of things. One, it lubricates their neck so they're just not in agony and pain. Can you imagine what it would be like to have a bunch of wood on your neck? Even if it's smooth and been sanded, it's still a block of wood on your neck. That doesn't, that doesn't feel good. So let's get some, some oil in there, okay? Make it a little better. But what would also happen with these animals is that sometime... Uh, the uh, let's call him the taskmaster, the driver, the one that's making these animals work, and that's okay. Animals that many animals, you know, many of these animals they actually like to work. They're they're designed by God to work. Um, but yeah, you could you could push them too hard or whatever the case might be. But um, sometimes if the if the person working with the animals wasn't paying attention or he wasn't uh, minding really what was going on, he could set the yoke too tight. And when, they are, when their necks begin to expand, just like your muscles expand when you get hot and, you know, you start, uh, your blood's pumping through your body. Now, now your arms get bigger, legs get bigger, your neck gets bigger when it, if your neck's particularly doing a whole bunch of work. And what would happen? All that oil is starting to be secreted. And now their neck's getting bigger from all the muscles bulging and boom, sometimes that yoke would just shatter. It would literally break the wood. And uh, what happens? Well, the, the ox could go, uh, you could say, well, I'm, gonna, I'm out of here. I'm going to go take a break and go eat somewhere, eat some nice grass. But the, the thing with your life is that these yokes of bondage, that the, these situations where the enemy says, oh, you're not getting out of this. And like we saw in Zechariah, it's not by might or power because there are some traps. There are some things that if the enemy uh, gets you into can be very, uh, difficult to get out because they have a the, certain problems have a spiritual root and they require a spiritual response to get out of them the right way. Hallelujah. But God is an expert in this area. And that's why you need to understand the anointing. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see you going free. I see your neck getting too big and the enemy can't hold you any longer. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Now, because the anointing is God's supernatural empowerment that removes burdens, that destroys yokes such as debt, such as sickness, disease, any kind of yoke, any kind of evil thing of the enemy, because it's so supernatural, my friends, this is God's Design. This is God's plan for your deliverance. And I believe because of the anointing, many of you are going to experience some very, very powerful miracles 
and complete liberation in your life so that you might serve the Lord with great effectiveness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody right now, the anointing is touching you and you're being delivered from depression right now because you can see it. (laughs) And the anointing's already working, setting you free, and you're already starting to see there's hope. Yes, there is. And the light is getting brighter and brighter. Praise God. Mm -mm. Darkness must always yield to light. And you're going to have new encounters with the anointing and you're going to be just too you're going to be too much for that problem to handle god knew that there would be problems there would be troubles but god also knew that when he created you he did not create you to suffer some kind of a life where you're continually suffering and and just trying to get through life with your nose above water no no god created you for a position of triumph and for an enthronement to bring him glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you're going to ride on that anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're going to ride on that anointing. Thank you, Jesus. You need to be able to recognize it. You need to be able to understand the Holy Spirit when he's moving, and you move when he moves. Mm -mm. And you're going to see some of the most amazing miracles take place in your life. Over these next three months, God's moving in tremendous power. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching today that a new anointing come upon them now. In the name of Jesus, Father God, that they begin to move with your spirit and walk in this understanding and cooperate and work with your Holy Spirit because they're about to break through. I thank you, Father. There's quite a few that you're going to be waking up. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say what the Holy Spirit is showing me. Uh, there's quite a few of you that the Holy Spirit is going to wake you up at two o'clock. And for some of you, not all of you, but for some of you, it will be from a two o'clock to five o'clock watch of the spirit. You know, the, the, the Romans broke it up into four night watches. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a watch all through the night, but in four different segments. The Jews d- did it in three segments. But I see a night watch for some of you from two to five, and this, this will be times of download. Doesn't mean it'll be every night, but you're going to have sometimes when you'll be up and you'll, you're going to be like, what's going on? Uh, it's a time to receive a new anointing. Get up. You're, you, you can't sleep anyhow. Get up. Hallelujah. And receive this, this package of empowerment from God that is going to come upon you. Now, concerning Jesus, it said that the government would be upon his shoulders. The shoulders represent uh, the authority, the dominion, and that anointing is going to come upon you. You already have an anointing in you. That that goes for every believer. The anointing is in you because the Spirit of God lives in you. But I'm talking about the anointing upon you, where people can see you and they'll know who you are and they'll know what you do, even if they don't know you. Even if they don't know you, they'll be able to see it on you. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Watch out. It's an anointing, and it is it's extremely real. Uh, well, pa- Pastor Steve, that's just an intangible substance. Oh, no, no, it is tangible. Is extremely real. That's like saying the blessing and the curse, those are intangible. Oh, no, they're not. No, they're not. The patriarchs were intensely uh, striving after the blessing. Why? You get that blessing, it, it'll produce real results in your life. Now you get the curse. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah, this is going to bring some junk. So you don't want the curse. You want the blessing. It's, it's re- these are realities. And the anointing is extremely powerful. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. You can cause prisoners to go free. Hallelujah. Captives to be delivered. Doesn't matter how long you've been in bondage. God can cause the door to swing open and God can cause the chains to fall off. The burden to be removed and the yoke to be absolutely destroyed. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Get ready for encounters with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I can tell you right now, the day that the healing anointing came upon my ministry for the first time, it came upon my life. And I said, because I, I said, after it happened, I went back alone in my prayer time. I said, God, I said, that has never happened to me before. He said, it's my gift to you 
for having served me faithfully thus far. This is a healing gift. It is yours, and it's yours for your ministry, to, you know, to pray for the sick. And I've had that, that gift in, uh, in manifestation when I go out and minister, lay hands on the sick, praise God. Amen. It's still active, still flowing. But I know the day it came on me because before that I didn't have it. I, I, I could pray for the sick with the gift of faith, and, and, and saw results, but when the anointing came, it was a, it was a completely, completely different thing because there's now there's power flowing. Mm-hmm. Get ready, get ready. The anointing that God has for you is going to become so strong on you, it's like your neck's going to get this big. And if your neck's that big, uh, that yoke can't hold you anymore. Mm-hmm. Father, bless your people with a fresh anointing and a new anointing and great breakthroughs. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you're watching today's program and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, well, uh, well the, great, the great yoke breaker is here now. Hallelujah. But if you're not saved, you really need more than a, how can I say, like a deliverance. You need to be born again. Hallelujah. And Jesus is ready to set you free from the chains of darkness and from spiritual death. Pray. Pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come into my heart and save me right now. Jesus, I give my heart to you. Wash my sins away with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. And he has heard that prayer. Praise the Lord. I would love to hear from those of you that have just prayed that. Why don't you email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Let me know. Just say, Pastor Stephen, I got saved. I prayed the prayer of salvation. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. The anointing is really flowing right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The anointing is going into eyes right now. Praise the Lord. Somebody, you've got something wrong with your eyes. It could be cataracts. It could be something uh, even more severe, uh, glaucoma or something like that. God's healing eyes. Receive in the name of Jesus, the healing anointing. God's working on uh, two people with your heart right now. You have a heart problem. God's healing your heart. You actually feel heat. If some of you are getting hot, you're almost about to start sweating. No, it's not that you didn't turn on the AC. It's the, it's the fire of God. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the healing anointing. Receive right now. Somebody is being healed of a kidney problem right now. You've, you've been on dialysis and uh, you, you've, you've endured the agony of dialysis. God is healing your kidney. Now receive in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take it. Hallelujah. It went right into you, the anointing. <laughs> Woo. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now the Lord shows me also um, the person that has been healed of the, um, the kidney problem. Uh, you're going to be able to pray the prayer of healing for others. You're going to have an anointing in that area. May God be praised. Amen. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. We give you praise. Um, I, I wouldn't say that there's like demons leaving somebody, but there is, it is in a sense, it's, it's demonic. But what's leaving in a sense is the cloud. It's being backed off, pushed back uh, on some that have felt uh, like a despair. And it's, it's being pushed back right now. And it, it's not going to come back. Just praise God because the sunshine of the Holy Spirit is breaking through. God's going to use you for his glory. Praise God. God has a kingdom plan for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I want to pray for those of you that will uh, get that call of the Spirit in your heart. You wake up and you uh, sit up in bed and you think, what's this about? Now you know. I want to pray for grace to be released because I know that we all are in human bodies and some of these things uh, require that extra uh, grace to be able to respond. So uh, those of you that want to be ready, lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching that when your spirit calls, they'll, they'll respond. 
I thank you. I thank you for your fresh anointing. I thank you, Father God. You're not a taskmaster, so you're not going to try to wear anybody out or fatigue anybody. But there are some times when you want to get something over and you need their undivided attention, and things are very quiet in these midnight type moments. So, Father, I just I ask for grace for your precious people that when your spirit calls as deep calls unto deep, there will be the positive response and they'll meet you in their own personal secret place. So Father, I pray that they get out of bed and go and spend time with you. I thank you for the answers that are coming. I know, Father, there are some that need answers quick. I thank you, Father God, that you're going to open up the hotline with them and they're going to get the answer they need and you're going to help them out. You're going to help them out. I thank you, Father. The enemy would say you're going to go off the cliff and crash. God says, no, I will intervene. Now, Father, we give you praise. Wisdom will come. Anointing will come. And just like Hezekiah needed a quick, he needed some help. I mean, Assyria is going to be marching on the city of Jerusalem soon. He's like, oh, and eventually almost like uh, surrounded. They're going to get uh, as far as what we would call today a modern day Mount Scopus. That's how close they got. They could see the encampments. But uh, Isaiah said, oh, they're not coming any closer. God told me they're not coming any closer. <laughs> and so Hezekiah's like, whoo, whoo, hallelujah, amen. So God's, remember, and that deliverance came by the anointing. The anointing, the anointing is what broke that power of the enemy. And the anointing is working in your life right now. Praise God. Lift your hands and say, Jesus, I thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Now, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen and amen. Let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some, some grape juice and some unleavened bread. As you can see, I use these little uh, 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 travel portable uh, communion sets. Let's pray. Father, we pray over the juice and bread, and we consecrate it. We set it apart as being holy through this prayer. And we thank you, Father, this is now the body and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. And, Father, we receive the Lord's body. And we thank you, Father God, that Jesus shed his blood so that we could be in the family of God and that we can experience the anointing, something that was very rare in the Old Testament. Very few were ever anointed. But, Father, we thank you that we have the anointing within and also the potential to walk with an anointing upon us. And I thank you there are many coming into a strong anointing upon them. So, Father, we thank you. We receive the Lord's body, and we receive the fresh anointing, the new anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the Lord's body. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. His death purchased our triumph for those of us that put our faith and trust in him. We thank you, Father God, that you have prepared victory for us in every area of our lives. Father, we just proclaim the blood of Jesus. We proclaim the Lord's death till he comes because it's through his death that we have received life. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, all of the benefits of the covenant. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God, that we are covenant people, and your covenant is working in our lives. We thank you, Father. We receive the blood now. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, along with your developing spiritual library, before I say goodbye today, let me uh, remind you that I do have my new book in stock, Supernatural Fragrance, okay? 77 different fragrances list, uh, listed, and what their meaning is in the spirit realm, so that when you begin to smell these spiritually, you can understand what their prophetic meaning is, and then you can take that interpretation and apply it and to understand what God's try the message that God is trying to get over to you. Praise the Lord. This book, we have it in stock. It's available on our website, 
stephenbrooks.org. Just go to the online store, click the segment called Books. You can find it in there. And also in the uh, CD section, we have uh, Supernatural Fragrances. We have these in stock. These are um, uh, some of my teachings on the subject of Supernatural Fragrances. And in these meetings, by God's grace, uh, the fragrances would be manifesting in some of the meetings. I'm calling them out and I'm telling the people what they're, they're telling me what they're smelling. I'm telling them what the interpretation is. So it's another good way to learn and also get a good scriptural foundation within your heart uh, of how the Holy Spirit moves in this area. These products and others are available. You want to have a spiritual library so that you are growing and advancing in the things of God's kingdom. Praise the Lord. All right. Again, thank you for watching today, and I look forward to seeing you back next time. May you increase in the Spirit's mighty anointing. Bye-bye.